0: welcome to the girl powerful podcast we're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast hi everyone and welcome to the girl powerful podcast i'm really excited to have this guest with us today. Her name is Carter and she owns Carter Eve Jewelry. She's a jewelry designer in Los Angeles and my jewelry designer for my engagement ring. So thanks for
1: coming, Carter. Oh, thank you so much for having me and congratulations again on your recent engagement.
0: Yeah, it is. It's really special. It's really interesting because it's a totally different chapter and feeling. Like I feel like Tommy and I, like our relationship, it's like an energetic, like shift in your relationship.
1: Yeah. I, I see that happen a lot. It's like this build up to the engagement. And then once you get engaged, there's sort of like this window of time while you're planning the wedding. And then things get really real <laughs> after yeah. you get married. And then people just kind of settle into the married life. life.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's just like a little bit of peace, like that came with it. I don't know if it's like, just like you trust that like you're going in a forward direction with somebody,
1: you know? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've been a part of so many, you know, story, love stories and engagement processes that it's a really a beautiful thing to watch, you know, this excitement leading up to the proposal and, and it's still exciting, you know, leading up to the wedding too. There's a lot happening. Yeah.
0: I feel like that's like a good segue into like who you are and what you do and like, Oh, finding a jeweler like you to make it so special and have like this positive energy and light to shine on it when it's kind of can be uncomfortable you're spending a chunk of change like you're it's a you know some people are giving up their last names or there's like all these things that you kind of are like reassessing in your life so having carter on your team kind of just feels like it just feels good
1: oh that's so sweet yeah um how do you go about finding a a jeweler like me would be.
0: Why do you like, why do you do what you do? Like, how did you even get into being a jeweler? And like, where's the passion come from?
1: Um, Great question. So I, I took my first jewelry class when I was in high school, actually. I was 16 and I just took this evening activity class of, you know, jewelry and metalsmithing and I made a few bracelets, like cuff bracelets with gemstones. They were really ugly. <laughs> like, Wait, do you have
0: them like at your parents' house or anything? Yeah,
1: yeah, I do. They're still in like my childhood bedroom. I have so many pieces of jewelry that I've made over the years in the beginning that were just absolutely hideous. Um, because it's a craft, you know, it takes a long time to, to hone that skill. But I loved it. I was like, wow. I love working with my hands. I love getting into the nitty gritty and the details of working with metal and using fire to manipulate the metal. Because basically when you heat up metal, it creates, it makes it annealed. So it makes it soft enough for you to form it into the shape. And then you can also use heat to conjoin two different pieces and that's known as soldering. So I fell in love with it and decided by the time I was 19, I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. I was living in New York above a jewelry store and this was like a really cool jewelry store. It was it was like a biker type of vibe. Um, so they made these like eye rings for Johnny Depp and Iggy Pop and it was like I would just hang out there and watch the guys work in the shop and finally they told me you know you should probably take some classes for this <laughs> like we
0: can't teach you <laughs> like we're busy go
1: home they were like you know we love you but like you really should go find a place to learn this so that was really hard it was finding a a a jewelry school but I found one in Brooklyn and I started taking classes and from there I realized I wanted to go to college for it so I transferred to Savannah College of Art and Design I got my BFA in jewelry and objects then I went to grad school at RISD for jewelry and metalsmithing and I always knew that I wanted to have my own business and I always knew I wanted to do fine jewelry. So that's gold, diamonds, semi-precious and precious gemstones. And um, engagement rings just kind of happened by chance. It was, I started getting commissions and I worked as a creative director for an engagement ring company for three years, learned a lot about engagement rings. And then I just kept making them.
0: Yeah. It's kind of interesting, like hearing you say like, all that schooling you went through, but then like, just like the fire and the metals and soldering, it's like, that's kind of a masculine thing. And like, you're a very feminine person. So I don't think I've ever even thought about jewelers in general. Like, you know, I've never like put a lot of thought into it, but it's interesting because you're making this fine piece of jewelry that is feminine, but like you're working with your hands and doing like masculine things to make it. It's kind of really interesting when you zoom out a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's historically a very masculine industry and male dominated. Uh, Most of the jewelers that I work with are men. And it's weird because it's men making jewelry for women most of the time. So that's kind of how, where I come in and I have this feminine touch and a feminine viewpoint And I'm designing jewelry for myself and my fellow women, but using these really masculine techniques and getting my hands dirty. And I have scars all over my
0: fingers. Well, yeah, it's like, it's kind of heavy duty
1: what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard on the, on the hands for sure.
0: What do you, have you run into any like issues with men, like being a female in a man's world? Like, I feel like, you know, ego would show up all the time with a guy when you walk in the room.
1: Yeah, that's actually a big hurdle that I've had to overcome throughout my career, especially in my early to mid 20s. I, you know, encountered a lot of men who were just like, go away, little girl, you know, what do you know, and they didn't take me seriously, they kind of brushed me off. And I also dealt with a lot of sharkiness, kind of like taking advantage of me in terms of when I'm buying diamonds, and I really had to learn how to negotiate, how to be calm, assertive, um, and be, you know, in my masculine energy or call upon it. I had to find it <laughs> deep uh-huh. in there. And um, now I'm at a point where I am respected by a lot of the men in the industry. But it's taken a long time. I mean, I've been at this for 13 years. So
0: yeah. well, that's kind of like why I reached out to you. Because Someone, my mom gave me the idea to go downtown LA and maybe source a diamond myself. And then when I really, the time was coming to go to LA and, you know, do that, I was like, I feel really uncomfortable because I feel like, you know, you could get ripped off. You could be overcharged. You could, you know, just the person's not there and I'm traveling to go. Like, it just seemed like really kind of scary and like getting engaged shouldn't have that feeling attached.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of feelings of, you know, feeling uncomfortable, overwhelmed, and lack of trust. There's also a lot of theft and crime that happens in the LA Jewelry District. So you just have to be careful. Um, There's just, it's just shady.
0: My mom mom was like, well, if you buy one, then you need to stand there and make sure they put that diamond in your ring. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, and like, yes, I can be a masculine person, but it's like, in that moment, I don't want it to be like, do I trust you? Like, you know, like it was way more fun how we did it.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's like why I love what I do. You know, I go downtown, I put on, I dress like a boy, I wear a giant sweatshirt, no makeup, you know, like try to be as inconspicuous as possible.
0: Like me right now.
1: <laughs> it's a vibe. It's a vibe. <laughs> but yeah I go and I like I love it I love that hustle I love negotiating and being um, just like running from this place to that place no I don't like that price I'm going to go somewhere else you know I've learned the the ropes at this point and now I just find it so fun most people that are clients or looking to get engaged they don't want to spend the time to navigate that world and it's not very pleasant either for your average person it's it's grimy it's not visually attractive or appealing you know you're in these like old buildings with peeling carpeting and it's like it's just kind of a hole in the wall but for some for some reason I just like love that (laughs) I love moving between the two worlds and like I'd rather go through the hustle and find the best deal for my clients rather than you know putting the headache on them
0: yeah definitely So why did you want to start Carter Jewelry and keep it like accessible price-wise for people?
1: So that was always my dream and my goal, to have my own company and to have a line of accessible fine jewelry. Um, That was a dream of mine even when I was a student in college, Um, mostly because I want to share beauty with the world, and I want to bring connection and make women feel beautiful through these objects that are oftentimes very sentimental in nature, whether it's an engagement ring or a self-purchase or an anniversary gift, birthday gift. So it was a lot about sharing beauty with the world and also connecting with people and celebrating love and empowerment. And there's just a feeling when you have a piece of jewelry that you love and adore and the way that it makes you feel when you put it on it just makes you feel beautiful and it makes you like feel special. And there's just, there's so many emotions that come through with jewelry. So I really loved that.
0: I like it. I love it. Actually. It's very fun. Even when it just like starts stacking up, you're like, look at me. <laughs> and all my jewelry.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's something that happens. There's like a transformation that I see with a lot of my clients too. When they find a piece, let's say it's a pair of earrings, just for an example. And they're looking at it and they're like, mm, you know, and then they put it on and there's a, there's a moment that happens in the mirror when a woman puts on a piece of jewelry, like for example, a pair of diamond earrings, and she looks at herself in the mirror, there's this look of like, Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay. Yeah, true. And I love that moment. Like nothing makes me happier than seeing That's that. It's really fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> to watch that happen, like all walks of life, but then it's like the same thing. yeah yeah and it's a
1: transformation
0: yeah super cool so what do you think like what's the goal for you and your brand like I know you're in Santa Monica tell me a little bit about like what you're up to and like how you're going to build your brand
1: well I'm in Santa Monica I work out of my apartment so I have my jeweler's bench in my living room I've always worked that way. Um, even back when I was living in Miami, I always had the jeweler's bench in the living room, um, mostly because when you wake up in the middle of the night with inspiration, or if I'm working late, I like to just have it right there. so like, I'm ready to go. But eventually I want to open a retail store that's more of like an atelier with a workshop and design space in the back. So clients can come in and experience the, the finished jewelry that is all very curated and Lovely, but also see how jewelry is made and be a part of the creative process and do collaborative designs. And I eventually want to be able to teach uh, some workshops, design oh, cool. and manufacturing. Yeah.
0: Well, right. And like those guys were like, hey, Carter, you can't really hang out here, but you're going to be like, come, I'll teach you to people. So that's like right. a full circle moment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like teach jewelry, um, like wax carving classes, or do even a longer workshop where it's from design to completion. So we do ideation, sketching, you have a concept, and then I teach people how to execute, like how to make a ring, how to set a gemstone.
0: That's really cool. That's you, You'll do it. You're manifesting, you're working and taking yeah. all the action to get there. So it'll happen for sure. So yeah. the we always like to share like tips on here. So that's what I want to talk to you about was I have this new sparkly, shiny, beautiful diamond ring and it's like how do I take care of this and how do I make it like look like this for as long as possible obviously like wear and tear is going to happen but it should last me my life right or my marriage (laughs) so tell me a little bit about how to care for fine jewelry I think that that's helpful because you kind of get like like for example I go to I've been going to the gym a lot and it's like pretty hardcore stuff like lots of like weights and everything and a lot of people have like the silicone band. Some women are wearing their diamonds and then some people aren't wearing anything. Yeah. And I'm just like, there's, you could tell just like looking around, there's no right or wrong. It's like probably personal, but what do you think?
1: (laughs) Well, technically your, your fine jewelry should not only last for your lifetime and your marriage, but it should outlive you Mm -hmm. and be able to be an heirloom passed down to future generations. So that's the first thing is like, it should last absolutely forever. Um, but you can, you know, help that process by taking care of it. And I do recommend with the gym, you know, especially if you're lifting weights, it's like, when in doubt, take the ring off. Mm -hmm. Nothing's going to happen to it necessarily, but the scratching on the band is something that you don't want to cause intentionally. Um, it can be buffed out over time, but I would always recommend like, if you're lifting weights, just leave the ring at home or, you know, have a safe little pouch that you put it in when you get to the gym, put it in a locker workout, and then you put it back on. But yeah, I always, when I practice yoga, even though I'm not lifting weights, I don't wear my rings. I wear my necklaces and earrings, but I take, and bracelets, but I take the rings off. So yeah, a great rule of thumb is when in doubt, take it off. Swimming, swimming, the ocean, the pool, those are all activities that I always recommend. Just like take the rings off. There's no reason to wear rings. Um, You could lose it too. That's an issue with, with water. It's like, activities. Yeah, it's like that Kim Kardashian episode when she loses that diamond in the water. Yes.
0: Something. Yeah, it's funny.
1: Yeah, water. When I go to the beach, I won't wear my rings either. Even if I'm not swimming, sand can get underneath the center stone and just get dirty again it's going to scratch your metal it won't do anything to a diamond only a diamond can cut another diamond so your diamonds are safe
0: <laughs> yeah I know my I was asking my friend Becky because she got married last year I think you know Becky no
1: hey, no
0: okay, um so. and she actually the Amazon me like a little gym pouch like you're mentioning and so I'm I honestly think and I haven't I've only been wearing this for a week but if I take it off I put it in the box you gave us
1: that's a great place for it
0: otherwise I don't I'm gonna lose it and I don't want that nobody wants that
1: (laughs) storing storing jewelry is another way to keep it safe so having a designated place like the box that the ring came in or if you have a fabric lined jewelry box those are all great places to keep um your valuable jewelry safe so I always recommend that um, and then cleaning you can clean your ring with a toothbrush and Dawn dish soap it's really works like a charm actually for home cleaning a lot of people lately like ultrasonics have become popular like home ultrasonics I do not recommend people who are not jewelers using ultrasonics if you use the wrong setting the stone can sometimes become loose oh yeah which yeah. is Oh it's best to leave that goodness. to the professionals. So yeah, yeah dish, dish soap and a toothbrush are the best thing um, in my opinion. And then every six months, it's best to get your ring professionally steam cleaned by a okay. jeweler. It's kind of like taking your car for a service, right? So not only will they clean the ring with steam, which gets underneath the diamond, getting all like soap and gunk underneath out of, that, uh, out of the way, but we'll also buff it, repolish it and tighten your prongs.
0: Oh, that's great. That's probably a big deal. The prong tighten.
1: Yeah. I mean, some people will like hit their hand on something or the prong will catch and it will just become a little bit loose. Mm-hmm. So it's always good to get your prongs tightened again. Like think of it like a car, you know, you don't just buy your car and never touch it ever again in terms of maintenance. got to change your tires. You got to get your oil changed. So the steam cleaning is kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah. Like
0: vision board behind you like what where do you get your like inspiration or you mentioned earlier like waking up in the middle of the night with an idea like who who inspires you and what do you like look at to find beauty in this world
1: oh man um inspiration for me comes from everywhere this this particular vision board is like my engagement ring because I do a lot of zoom calls for with engagement ring clients so it's kind of like my engagement, wedding, vision boards, so people can kind of look behind and like start thinking about their upcoming <laughs> weddings. Um, but I find an inspiration from architecture, from ancient objects, from history, historical objects that aren't even jewelry necessarily, paintings, drawings, woodcuts, wood carvings, and from nature. I'm really inspired by rock formations and the ocean and just the natural organic shapes that you can find in nature.
0: No, that's really nice. Yeah. I mean, beauty's everywhere. It's more fun to like live a life, like when you're aware of that stuff and you can pick up all like different colors and textures and everything like that. I feel like sometimes we're so robotic and just obsessed with like getting to the next place that we're all tunnel vision and we don't like open our eyes enough.
1: Yeah. um, Beauty is everywhere. You know, also when you look at things really closely. I love looking at things under like a magnifying glass and you see these textures and forms and shapes even in everyday objects that you would never even imagine is possible. Like if you look at a blade of grass under a microscope, there are these little faces that look like they're like smiling alien faces. It's really? like yes yes i'll have
0: to google that everyone's gonna go google that right now probably. yeah
1: yeah literally look it up and it's like these smiling if they look so happy oh
0: nice i love that i have one more question so about jewelry if and you're specifically working with fine jewelry how with all these brands online and instagram ads and celebrities with their lines like how do you know who to trust and like do you kind of just have to like do a crapshoot and buy something and go from there but like are there any like hints like in advertising like if this is actually a good deal or if the product's actually going to be what they say it is
1: that's a great question you know there's a lot of jewelry brands out there i get targeted all the time for jewelry related things on instagram (laughs) um i think you know, referrals to me are always the best way of vetting a jewelry company, whether it's a small brand or a large scale retailer. You know, having somebody that you know that's purchased from that store and they're happy is a great way of feeling confident and moving forward, especially when you're buying jewelry online. Something else I like to do is if I'm you know, going to buy something from somewhere else is asking for references. You could say, you know, hey, like I'm thinking about buying this ring. Do you have, a, you know, a few past clients that you could refer me to to get their feedback? And it's that's better than reading reviews because you never know with reviews. I mean, it could be fabricated, right? But having, you know, a few email addresses of people that have worked with them specifically on custom things is great because you're getting a real perspective and they're probably going to be honest. Yeah.
0: Definitely. Yeah, that's good advice. I'm just always kind of, you know, I I like to shop and I can be a sucker for like a good sale. So it's like, when you see someone, for example, like a big box diamond store, like Kade Jewelers or Jared, like what's going on in there? Like, do they mark it up like 90% so they can mark it down? Like, can you tell people like a little bit about that? So then when they come to you or someone like you they're like oh this is fair finally geez
1: yeah so with these big retailers even places with big names like Tiffany and Cartier yeah you're paying for the brand name as well as their massive overhead I mean they have multiple star locations all over the world think about how much money they must be spending on just the overhead alone so That's oftentimes why the price is so high and then they mark it down. They're probably losing money when they mark it down, but it's just, they probably mass produce in such large quantities that then they're sitting on all of that inventory and they have to move it in order to make new pieces. So the benefits of working with a private jeweler or a small business, someone similar to me is that, you know, I don't have a large amount of inventory at any given point in time. I like to make things, you know, made to order or custom, so that way the price is more reasonable for the client and then you get exactly what you want. And I don't have the massive overhead or a lot of small businesses just have one retail location or workshop, so you're able to actually get, you know, a piece that's worth the value of what you're paying rather than paying for all these other things salary for staff and adver- big giant advertising budgets
0: it's that's all it is really isn't it because like how could there be such a wide range of prices like it's kind of like
1: it's yeah.
0: pretty wild
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's really wild i mean you're you're paying for all of their business expenses essentially
0: <laughs> hard pass i'm good
1: yeah i i mean i wouldn't recommend going that route um and especially because you're getting something that's mass produced. So it's just, you know, potentially being made overseas in large quantities. So the quality is not even.
0: They assemble Tiffany's rings and jewelry overseas.
1: So with Tiffany, a, a lot of the manufacturing happens overseas. And then I know that they have a um, a repair headquarters in Kentucky. Oh, wow. No. So. Yeah, they do a lot of their own repairs. But um, yeah, a lot of jewelry happens overseas. Even David Yerman, they used to manufacture here in LA. And then recently they moved all of their manufacturing to India.
0: Oh no, I just got a David Yeerman necklace for
1: Christmas. <laughs> oh no, well, whatever.
0: Oh, no. You know what the funniest part of um, me and Tommy getting my engagement ring from you is Tommy's gold chain. Yes. Let's talk about that really quick. Tell people people about that, will you? Because Tommy hasn't taken it off, by the way. That is his new swag moment.
1: So first of all, I (laughs) love that journey for him. (laughs) Me too. And the best part is like, I was talking about the transformation that happens when people put on a piece of jewelry. His was a full circle. Like he was wearing a button down collared shirt like very like prim and proper before the gold chain yeah. and then after the chain it was like the sunglasses came on he had a swag to his step very
0: <laughs> funny and very true <laughs>
1: he like turned into like a different character but um but yeah he asked for a cuban link gold chain and i gave him some options and he chose the four millimeter and now he's
0: yeah that's his, it's his thing it's his thing sometimes too like I don't know what we were doing, but like this weekend, he like pulled it out and he's like, This needs to be out right now. Like, I don't know who was around, but like, he's like thinking about it. So, (laughs) men like jewelry too. And that's cool. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, wait, like, normally it's like all about the girl, but I was like super, super happy for him to like get a nice piece of jewelry for himself. Like, why not? He's like,
1: stuff men do like jewelry it's actually becoming more popular for guys to wear jewelry I see a lot of guys wearing dangling earrings my boyfriend is very decked out he wears three chains pendant two bracelets rings yeah Yeah. I love a man in jewelry it's all
0: Carter Eve or has he had things before you
1: Um, He has a sentimental pendant that's from his mom from Venezuela. So he wears that. And then the rest of it is all uh, my stuff that I've made custom for him. He just sits there at my bench and he's like, no, I want it a little bit more thin. He's like, oh, can you, (laughs) can you make it like thicker in this area? You know? So he's very involved in the, in the custom process now. Yeah.
0: That's custom. is cool. I think it's cool. Like when talking about like mass production, it's like, if there's something that can be a little unique and you know, sacred to you and your partner. Like, yeah. why not do that?
1: Yeah. You know, yesterday I had a really interesting uh, meeting with a client. She brought me two of her grandmother's rings Now, her grandmother had recently passed. She thought the jewelry was very ugly and it, it was, yeah. let's just be honest here. Um, and she was like, what do I do with this? It was a lot of gold. And one of the rings had a lot of diamonds, at least 12 uh, two pointers. Um So she wanted to create something for her and her mom that was kind of like, you know, carrying on the lineage on her, you know, as her mom's mom. And so we decided we were going to make two rings with six diamonds on each ring. And they were going to be dainty and like little cute stackers and just melt grandma's rings and use the gold and the diamonds to make two rings, one for her and her mom.
0: Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's cute. I did, I did something like that with a ring for my grandma and I made Sonia one. Yeah, and we made triangles like for the feminine. So we both oh, have that ring.
1: I love that. Yeah,
0: I like the heirloom, I don't know, recycling, upcycling. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it's amazing because with jewelry is one of the only things that you can do that with. You know, you can really melt it down and create something entirely new. So it really is the OG sustainable, um, practice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Carter, this is awesome. Um, we
0: always end with the same question and it's a little more personal than business, but what, what makes you feel most alive?
1: Okay. Interesting question. (laughs) I was expecting that. What makes me feel most alive is creating whether that's you know within the jewelry world or also if I'm drawing I also play the violin so playing my violin makes me feel alive and just like being creative those are the moments that I'm like fuck yeah I'm here and I'm happy
0: (laughs) I love that yeah she's happy everyone well where can people find the happy jeweler Carter (laughs) jewelry where can people find you
1: um the happy jewelry can be found that's <laughs> a great it's a great name
0: <laughs> it's a little corny for you I think
1: yeah it doesn't really fit me but no, it I doesn't imagine, <laughs> like, imagine like a buddha type
0: of, yeah, yeah, yeah. of like like this
1: yes that is the happy jeweler the happy
0: jeweler <laughs> Oh my
1: God, I love it. Yeah. Well, I can be found at um Carter of Jewelry.com is my website. And Instagram is Carter of Jewelry. I can be also found on TikTok at Carter of Jewelry. Basically, if you type in Carter of Jewelry anywhere on the internet, you can find me. Cool. Are you doing anything
0: different on your TikTok? Like do you like showcase like are you making stuff? I haven't seen it
1: yet. Um, I'm working on the TikTok. It's a lot. I mean, I'm a one-woman show. I'm making the jewelry, you gotta run social. It's like, whew, it's yeah, a lot. Cool. But um, I do do behind the scenes. So actually stay tuned for more behind the scenes and more of the manufacturing process. It's not pretty, you know, like the final jewelry is very pretty, but the behind the scenes are actually, it's gritty, it's strange, but I'm um, working on sharing more of that. Well,
0: Well, thank you so much, Carter. And we wish you luck.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. All
0: right. Bye. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode
1: is delivered directly to your feed every week.